Friday. Welcome to Life in the Leo. I'm your host, Rebecca Dengrove. This week, I thought I would bring you something different. So I chatted with a friend of mine from the dance community, Taylor Gordon. Taylor is an incredible dancer and performer. She grew up knowing she wanted a career in dance and has really focused her training and attention to make that dream a reality. Taylor has performed all over the world and on some incredible stages, which we'll discuss during the interview. Just a quick heads up, the sound quality is a little wonky this week, so bear with me. It's hard to find a quiet place to record in when your life involves bouncing all over New York City for auditions and the world for that matter. I think the insights Taylor shares are really awesome though, and it's worth the listen. Hope you enjoy. Hi podcast, I'm here with Taylor Gordon today and we're going to do something a little bit different. Taylor is a dancer and I wanted to get a little perspective on what life in the Leo is like from a dancer's perspective. So Taylor, welcome to Life in the Leo. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Sure. Why don't you start by just giving us a little bit of uh, background on yourself and how you got into the world of dance. Sure. So I grew up outside of Boston, and my family actually ran a dance studio for 49 years. Wow. So I, since I could walk, I was dancing. <laughs> and then I started training at Boston Ballet a little more seriously when I was about six years old. Went there for a summer program and just fell in love with the technique and the discipline and the beauty of ballet. And started training there pretty much full-time while I was going to normal school. And then when I was 14, the summer I turned 15, I decided to move away from home to go to a ballet high school in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. So that was called the Rock School in Philly. And they have a, it's like a boarding school program where you do high school and ballet all day long. And it's great. It's quite an experience to live alone at age 15. Yeah. Um, and very serious training there, all strictly classical ballet. And then I ended up graduating high school early there. I finished uh, two years in one year. And so then I came to New York City and continued dancing at a school called Ballet Academy East, which is on the Upper East Side in Manhattan. Uh, and I also was going to college at Marymount Manhattan College, separate from Okay. So I came to New York to do that and trained for two years, finished my college degree also very early, and <laughs> dancing professionally ever since. Wow. So it's been quite a ride. Oh, that's awesome. Have you always been focused in ballet, or have you studied other types of dance as well? So ballet has been pretty much my whole life for, for my whole life. <laughs> it's been my main focus. Um, however, in the past, I would say the past maybe eight to ten years of really trying to work professionally and work freelance in New York City, I've learned that I've had to expand my horizons a lot in order to be more marketable and more um, versatile with my dance career. So now I'm doing a lot more jazz, a lot more theater. I'm attempting to tap a little bit. Wow. Not my, not my strong point, <laughs> but I'm working on it. A little bit of hip-hop, which I'm also not so good at, but I'm working on it. Um, just anything. My my love is to dance with the so I'm just trying to do as much as I can, uh-huh. and also to keep to keep learning. I really, you know, ballet has an endless amount of work to be done, but I also really enjoy learning other styles. Trying to keep doing that. Awesome. <laughs> well, just so people know, I'm, unfortunately, as a dancer, Taylor doesn't have an office that she works out of, so we're recording in a Starbucks, and I think it's definitely <laughs> noise in the background, so hopefully I can get that toned down, but 
If not, that's what the, that's the sound is, which is probably very familiar to a lot of people. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Coffee Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I think caffeine keeps all of us going. <laughs> so our audience is primarily a gymnastics community, and I think it'd be really interesting if you can give us some insight into, you know, training as a gymnast, most people typically train like somewhere between 20 and 30 hours a week once they start competing in the sport. How how do you approach dance and how does that evolve? You know, do most dancers start at a young age like you do or is it something they stumble into like say once they're in high school and they realize that maybe they have a passion for it? I actually would imagine it's quite similar to gymnastics because of the amount of time you need to really commit to do it well and to gain strength. Typically dancers, specifically ballet, but really all dancers do start quite young, usually around seven, eight years old. Okay. Um, and then somewhere around age maybe 12, 13, early teens, they need to decide how serious they are about it. So if they're just going to take dance classes once or twice a week, just have fun and learn and enjoy the um, social aspect of it, or if they want to really do it as a profession, because at that point, they would really need to train Know, four or five days a week after school pretty intensely in order to have or to attempt to make a career out of it. Um, so usually the teenage years are when people are either really pushing forward and trying to pursue it actively or maybe taking it a little bit easier and just doing it more casually. Uh-huh. And then typically once they graduate high school around age 18, another decision has to be made of whether they're going to pursue college or pursue directly going into auditions and either joining a dance company or trying to get into a Broadway show or something like that, stumbling into auditions, uh-huh. um, which can also be difficult because sometimes dancers are not quite ready at age 18 to be a professional. Um, so there's other steps that can maybe be in between. Sometimes they have what we call apprenticeships, so they join a company but not paid fully for the training while still getting it on stage. And then ideally, that will then pursue into. Sorry, there's sirens going Ideally, that will eventually turn into a professional career. And then the professional career, because with dance, our body, and like with gymnastics, your body is really your tool, the career span tends to be pretty short compared to a normal career. Uh-huh. So, especially with ballet, but again, all dance in general, you know, 30 years old is getting towards the, not end range, I'll say, because I'm approaching 30, <laughs> but mid-range of your career, whereas in you know normal life, 30 years old is still right towards the beginning of your career. Right. Yeah, and it's difficult, you know, to, to, especially when you're very young and you're trying to decide if this is going to be your career, you have to face that reality of it's only a career for so long, so uh-huh. you really want to do that and you have to persevere. With something like ballet, do you, you know, and the just the reality shows that are on TV now around dance, do people compete in ballet? And is there a whole, com- you know, like I feel like in dance moms, it looks like there's this whole world of competitive dance. Yes, there is. It's actually with specifically with ballet, it's actually rather new. Okay. Um, I would say in the past ten years or so, the ballet specific competitions has been more popular, becoming more popular. I mean, they've been going on for longer outside yeah. of the U.S., okay. actually. But um, here, 
ballet competition, the Youth America Grand Prix is the big one, and that's, I want to say, maybe 10 to 12 years old that it's been running. Um, so that's becoming more popular, and I think with other forms of dance, same thing, it's competitions have always been around, but it's becoming much more popular now, I think because of the TV shows, because of the popularity of the dance as, a, as an art form. Got it. And with that, do you feel like that helps get your name out so it's easier? Like, if you're successful in the competitive landscape, does that make it easier to build a career in dance? Or do you feel like it's just it's such a competitive field that it doesn't even matter? Like, you either have it and you have what they're looking for or you don't. Yeah, I think the, the second answer is the one. I think that competitions don't officially give you anything, meaning they don't give you a contract, they don't give you a job. They do give you exposure, and they do give you experience on stage, which I think is absolutely essential, Uh Um, especially as a young dancer, you know, getting as much stage time as possible, just to, you know, feel it out and be on different stages, not just if you're comfortable in hometown, you know, high school stage where you have your annual recital. But being on different uncomfortable stages where maybe the floor is not great or it's a small space, um, and getting used to that because that's a big part of being a professional is being able to adapt to whatever situation you're put in. Got it. Um, but with that said, myself and a lot of dancers I know that are working professionally have not come from the competition world, and so it's not it's not that you have to. Um, at least right now. I don't know if that might change in the future since competitions are becoming more popular. Yep. But right now I know many dancers who have not competition. Uh-huh. Oh, that's interesting. I'm really interested in your experience in high school at the rock school. Can you take us through what a typical day like is like for, I mean, is everybody there focused in ballet or are there different types of dance that people are studying and what is that so like? The, the rock school is specifically for ballet. So across the country, there are a lot of other arts high schools yep. that are either boarding programs or just day programs. In New York, there's a bunch and all over, all, all over the country, there are programs like that. But the rock school is specifically a ballet school. So everybody that attends is trying to be a ballet dancer specifically. The program, as I understand, has changed a lot since I've been there. Okay. <laughs> but my experience, this was a while ago. <laughs> um, so we would have the academic program at the time, and I think still now, was an online academic program. Oh, wow. And especially back then, this was more than 10 years ago, um, <laughs> the, the online academics were a very unusual or very new thing. Okay, yeah. Um, now everybody does college courses online and everything, but it was pretty new at the time. So we would wake up and have, um, have I would say, about two to three hours of school time, but it was time on your own computer doing your own work. So it wasn't like a full classroom situation. It was everybody sitting kind of together in a classroom, but everybody's doing their own work, different courses, different um, individualized study. Uh-huh. And so we did that for a few hours in the morning, and then we would walk across the street to the dance studio. We lived across the street, actually. And so we walked across the street and go take our first ballet class of the day. And then probably have lunch. We would have maybe a rehearsal after class or after lunch for whatever performance was coming up. And then we would do more academic time in the afternoon, another couple of hours there. 
um, maybe taking an exam or whatever it was that you were working on, and then you would have one or possibly two additional ballet classes in the evening. Oh, wow. So, and I, at the time, especially my first year there, I think, I was in a lower level than most of the other people because I was one of the younger ones there. Okay. And so I, and also I happened to be quite quick with my academics, so I would always take the older levels class first and then take my old level. So I was almost always taking three ballet classes a day, which think of it is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no wonder I got injured, but, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but at the time it made total sense. And I do think it was beneficial for my technique and, you know, getting stronger and all that stuff that you need at that age. But yeah, it was a very intense period. <laughs> uh-huh. What yeah. is the process, like, what was the application process like and how competitive was it to get into the school? It's very competitive and I think even now it's more competitive. Um, there were, when I was there, about 30 of us total okay. that lived there and did the program, all from ages 13 to 18 or 19. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and so uh, I, so the rock school and many ballet schools, they do what they call summer intensives, and so every summer dancers go wherever they're going to go to train for a couple of weeks. And so I had been to the rock school the summer before I stayed for the year and learned about their year-round program, and I like desperately wanted to do it. Tried <laughs> to convince my mom like I need to do this right now, and she was actually very on board with it but it was like maybe we should wait one more year to start in high school like you don't know how to do laundry by yourself (laughs) um so i went back the following summer with the intention of staying for the year and let them know my interest and they accepted me they gave me a small scholarship um and then i moved in and made it happen Uh uh-huh have you kept in touch with most of the girls you met through that program um, a few of them are still some of my closest friends. One of them was actually my roommate here in New York a few years ago, which is great. So, yeah, a lot of them are actually not dancing anymore. It has been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and also what was interesting, too, is that all many of those people came from all over the world. So actually, ironically, my other roommate at that school, she was from Japan, and I was just recently performing in Japan, and I actually went and I stayed with her and stayed with her family, and she showed me around Kyoto and Osaka. Oh, that's so awesome. So it was really cool, yeah. Is the school all women, or are there, actually, are there men in the program as well? There are men in the program as well, and I think they're actually very active with trying to find men, because the big part of ballet also is partnering work. Yep. So the, the female dancers really, at that age and at that level, need to work on partnering, and so they need to bring in men to, to help with that. Oh, that's awesome. Well, as ballet dancers, I mean, I think the... The stereotype is black leotard, pink tight, hair in a bun. Is yes. was that true for all of your training, or did you guys get the opportunity to be expressive in your leotard? Typically, <laughs> typically that is unfortunately, unfortunately that is the correct stereotype. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, although at Boston Ballet, growing up in the younger levels, instead of black, it was like one specific color for each level. So it was okay. like light blue is the youngest, and then different different colors for different levels. But a lot of times we would have, like, on a special Saturday class or something, it was, wear your favorite leotard day. And then that was your chance to go crazy. <laughs> that was fun. So do you have, and, well, I haven't even gotten into, like, all the performances and companies that you've worked with now as an adult. Do you have a costume or a leotard or something that stands out in your mind as being the most memorable? Oh my gosh, there's so many. 
But leotard wise, I would say in those crazy, you know, Saturday express yourself days. Um, so coming from the Rockville in Philadelphia, we used to come up to New York City for auditions all the time. Uh-huh. And on those audition trips, you'd run and do the audition, and then you'd have like two hours before you have to get back on the bus to go back to Philadelphia. And so one of the best things to do in those two hours was to run to the Upper West Side, and there was a store. I'm not even sure if it's still there now, but it was called Class In Dancewear, and you could design your own leotard. Very exciting. It had like pages and pages and pages of stapled material samples on them, and you could pick like which lace you wanted, which color, the style. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it was fabulous, especially when you're 15. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I decided to make a hot pink one with black and white stripes, and I absolutely loved it. And then I promptly lost it the next summer at whatever summer intensive I was in. So I miss it, and I love it. And I don't think I could get away with wearing quite such a bright leotard right now. <laughs> but it was really wonderful. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and talking about performances, I guess, you know, like, ballet is so classic. Like, I just, I think the Nutcracker, I think of Capella, I think of, you know, just Romeo and Juliet. Do you have, have you gotten the opportunity to perform, like, all the classic ballets? And do you have a favorite? Uh, I've performed a lot. Okay. (laughs) Mostly... Uh, it's been many different roles in different different settings. Um, my favorite by far to watch, actually two, either Romeo and Juliet or Giselle. Uh-huh. I think Romeo, Romeo and Juliet actually, I can confidently say is my favorite. <laughs> um, I've never had the opportunity to dance Juliet. Okay. I'd love to someday. Also for the acting side of it, I feel like, especially the further I get into my career, I really appreciate and enjoy opportunities to tell a story or express something through ballet or through movement and dance in general, Uh rather than just dancing and being pretty and just that's it. Uh I'd love to dance Juliet someday. (laughs) Nice. What What are your goals then? as a dancer and you know, where are you at in terms of achieving your goals now? Great question. My entire career has been freelance career, which is becoming more common now, but especially when I first started was kind of unusual and there wasn't really anybody, and still even now, there's not really anybody to look to in terms of a trajectory to follow. Okay. It's not so linear as in if you were to join one ballet company and stay with that company, you progress from court of ballet is the first level, and then you become a soloist, and then you become a principal dancer, and then you stay there, and then you retire at 30, and then that's it. Uh-huh. And as a freelancer, um, it's not so straightforward. So my general goal has always been to just perform as much and as often as possible, and to do work that is artistically fulfilling to me in some way. Uh-huh. Um, and I definitely feel like I have achieved that at this point. Um, and my goal now, um, I'm actually hoping now that I'm branching out more, I would love to be on Broadway. Awesome. I'm working very hard on my singing <laughs> to try to, um, I don't think it will ever be at the same level as my dancing after all this time that I've committed to dancing, but 
I need to get it up to par a little bit more before I think I'm going to be ready for Broadway. But what I'm auditioning for now is more um, Broadway kind of stuff. Got it. And that's the next goal. But I've been very lucky. I've performed on a lot of the major uh, stages across the country and across the world, actually, a lot of different countries and everything. So I've been really lucky with what I've been able to do so far and want to keep moving forward. Awesome. What are some of your most memorable performances or places you've gotten to perform? There are so many. <laughs> um, I think my favorite theater in the world to dance in is the Metropolitan Opera House at Lincoln Center. Awesome. Um, so I did the I did an opera there, which had a ballet within the opera um, back a few years ago, and that was just amazing. We were in a tutu and boy shoes, center stage at the Met. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was great. And then I've done the Radio City Christmas show, which is a lot of fun. The four seasons of that, which has ballet in it and then also some other styles as well. So that was um, really a fun show. And just this week, actually, I added Carnegie Hall to my resume. Congratulations. Very exciting. Yeah, that's beautiful, beautiful space. Really cool to be in. Last year, I performed at the Kennedy Center in Washington. See with the ballet company that was amazing also really nice program to be on yeah i've been there every time i think back to what i've done i'm always in awe like, did that really happen <laughs> and it did that's cool well and i wanted to ask for you what is the best part about being a dancer and what's the hardest part about being a dancer well again there's so many ways i could go with that <laughs> um i think the best there's a few best parts. The best part in general is just being on stage and being able to perform. For me, that's that's what my whole life is geared towards. Every every part of my life is aimed towards getting more opportunities to be on stage because I just there is absolutely nothing that compares to live performance for me. I'm just in love with it. Um, that is definitely the best, best thing. The next best thing I would say is that it's given me a lot of opportunities to travel, which I also love. And I've seen so many places that I don't think I otherwise would have had the opportunity to. Uh-huh. And met met people along the way as well that I don't think I would have met otherwise. Like what, ta- um, what places have you been, been to? Oh, gosh. Well, I've been to India, where I'm going again in, uh, next week, actually. Awesome. I'm going to India again. Um, I performed in Japan this last Christmas. Last year I went to China and the Philippines, all over Europe. I danced on a cruise ship, so I was in Germany and Spain and Portugal and Morocco, um, Canada. <laughs> what else? Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been really incredible, especially the Asian countries. I never really, because my family is Italian, I've always been so, like, European. <laughs> but then getting to go to Asia was like I never thought I would ever go to the Philippines. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then I'm there and it's crazy and it's amazing and performing. When the performance I did there was uh, a, like a circus kind of show, a circus kind of show, and we had the theater, the theater was a big uh, arena, and so there were nine thousand seats. Oh my gosh! There. It was crazy. Yeah, Philippines is crazy. <laughs> it was cool. That's awesome. And what's the hardest part? The hardest part. There, again, are many hard parts. I think one hard part is the physicality of it and the difficulty with your body. So 
you know, every day something's in pain. <laughs> it just becomes the new normal. Uh-huh. Um, I think that kind of difficulty, though, you get used to it. It doesn't make it any better, but you kind of accept that that just goes with the job description. Yep. But another difficulty is the mental aspect of it, of it, especially as a freelancer, you know, constantly, constantly auditioning. And even if I am performing a really great, exciting show at Lincoln Center, the next day I'm out of a job. So mm-hmm. I have to keep, keep auditioning. And so that um, uncertainty and questioning of what's next definitely takes a toll on you. Uh-huh. Um, and on the rest of your life as well in terms of stability and setting up um, the rest of your life. I think at this point I've found a pretty good balance, but you know it's always always changing. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I would say those are probably the hardest the hardest things. I'm a, I'm assuming that with like a traditional company, you get some of the perks of having athletic trainers and stuff to help manage with injuries and and a little bit more of that consistency in terms of income and just expectations. Yeah, you would think that. (laughs) Not true? (laughs) Not not necessarily. It really depends on the company um, and the show. So the physical therapy and, and athletic trainer side of it, yes. For instance, Radio City definitely has athletic trainers. Broadway shows have athletic trainers. The biggest ballet companies have PTs on site usually, but a lot of companies and shows can't afford that, and many of them don't include health insurance or any other benefits in that sense either. Oh, wow. So that's not so nice. And even the stability aspect, same thing. If you're in a ballet company, your contract typically, unless you're at the highest level maybe, or also with the show, usually it's a one-year contract or less. Okay. And so every year, it's still up for debate. You hope that you have, you know, strong enough relationships with the people you work for that they will keep you after the contract. But nothing is ever, ever certain. Oh wow! Yeah, that's intense. So, do yeah. you are you part of like a freelancers union, and that's how you're able to get insurance and things like that? Uh. No, actually, there is there is a freelancers union that's called the freelancers union. Um, I think I might be officially signed up for it that I might have done a long time ago, but <laughs> I they I don't really I'm not really involved with them. They're more for like freelance writers and graphic designers and that kind of thing, not really for performing arts. Yep. I have health insurance just through a general a general provider that I pay for out of pocket, and in terms of getting a job, I I have an agent. And she does help with some of these Broadway auditions, um, trying to get me in and stuff like that, negotiating contacts. But a lot of what I do is my own personal time hunting audition websites, spending a lot of time at auditions, just making connections, networking, all of that stuff. Wow. Never ending. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now now I have more questions. (laughs) Um, Go for it. How long have you had an agent? Uh, I've had an agent, let's see, I just signed for my third year, so a little over two years. Okay. Uh, her name is Lucille DeCampley, and she is known to be one of the best, specifically for dancers in New York. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm really happy to be with her. Does she help with things like other brand opportunities and other ways to source income? Or is it specifically just 
finding shows. She's yeah, she's specifically for commercial dance. Okay. So any other opportunities, any also like ballet or any concert dance work is all on my own. Got it. I have a couple a couple more questions for you. So, yep. what are some of your favorite things to do outside of dance? Favorite things to do outside of dance: drink coffee, <laughs> which I'm currently doing. It's loud service. <laughs> I think my my number one favorite thing, as I mentioned before, is traveling. Uh huh. And I'm lucky that I can kind of pair the two together a lot of the time. Yeah, I just love you know seeing new places and just walking around and exploring and soaking in all the culture and everything. In New York, I really love to see other shows. Mm-hmm. I don't always have as much time as I would like to do that. And it's, I mean, it's related to my industry and my job, so I don't know if that's outside of dance, but I'm not dancing myself, I'm right. watching it. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> which I really enjoy. Um, and then I, I also teach Pilates, and I, I really enjoy working out and taking care of my body in other ways, separate from dance, and that's really important to me as well. That's awesome. Yeah. And what advice would you have for young dancers that are looking to sort of follow in your footsteps? I would say, in my experience, expanding your versatility is really important. I don't think I recognized that so early in my education and career. I think now you really have to be good at a lot, really good at a lot of things. Being semi-good at a lot of things doesn't really work. Uh (laughs) You have to be really good at not a lot of things, but more than one thing. So not just classical ballet. So I think taking as many educational opportunities as you can and pursuing and learning any chance you can learn something new, take it, do it, it will help in some way or another down the line. And then I think just being as persistent and patient as possible. Again, specifically with freelance, you just gotta stick with it and it's very, very easy to want to give up and move on to something else, but you just gotta power mm-hmm. And the final question I have for you is what does life in a Leo mean to you? Life in a Leo means <laughs> <laughs> means I would say actually being life in a Leo means being comfortable in your skin, being comfortable to do what you love to do and show yourself off and do what matters to you. That's awesome. Do it with do it with passion. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you clearly have just an enormous amount of passion for dance and ballet, and I think it's really cool to have you on the show and bring a different perspective. So thank you so much for your time, Taylor. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's great. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to see some videos of Taylor dancing, you can check out her website, taylorgordononline.com. She also lists upcoming performances. I would highly recommend checking out one of Taylor's shows if you get the chance. Good luck to everyone competing this weekend. Hope you are all continuing to stay focused, train hard, and don't forget to point your toes.